What's up, y'all? Another week, another episode. This week, we're going to talk about something that happens a lot in the hood. The dads. Where the dads at? Why is the hood riddled with uh, single families, single parent homes, and women doing all the work? Why it always happens like that? More people, let's have that talk. Since we family, we gonna go there. Alright guys, new week, new topic. So let's just get right into it. Fathers, daddies, baby mamas, baby daddies, all that good stuff. How did this come to be? Why is it so prevalent in the inner city? These are things you need to talk about. Mainly, we're going to talk about the absentee or lack of the male energy within the household. Especially with us, brothers and sisters. So this is going to be real deep and personal this week. All right, so let's ask ourselves this question. I say question number one. Why is it so important for boys to have a dad, that father figure in their life? Sometimes, some circumstances, it could be an uncle, but, you know, a grandfather, a neighbor, in some cases, a boyfriend of someone that's in the family that the child can look up to and, can you know, get that male reinforcement. You know, just the little tricks of trades and the information know-how passed down to him so he could be a man. Because it's this big misconception and this big narrative that's being driven about, you know, single parents, like single women in particular, raising men. And it can happen. You know, it happens all the time. And I'm not saying that it's impossible for a woman to raise a man it's not because it happens every day it's happening now but let's just look at the odds of this man being raised by this woman and coming up with all the manly attributes that he needs to be a man that's really that's really hard to like say because think about this like i'm gonna use lebron james as the the template right now LeBron didn't have his dad. He didn't have his father. He had men in his life that played the role of dad, you know, like uncles. And I forgot the guy that was real close to him. But his mother did pretty much all the work, you know, until he got a certain age. And he, they, like, the community realized he was going to be this phenomenal athlete. And, you know, they took him in. You know, he was raised and looked after by uh, a different family. His mother signed over the rights. So it was it was some things that went into making LeBron this pillar of a black man that he is today. You know, so he's the he's the exception. But let's talk about it. Let's look at how deep this really is because I can use my life as an example. I grew up in the hood, East New York, talk about it all the time. If I had 10 dudes or 10 friends or whatever you want to say, guys that I hung out with growing up. I would say out of 10, 
two of them had dads in the home. So you're talking about 20%, and that's me being modest, I think. It was more like 10. You know, like a present dad, like the, their father, their biological father in the home, showing them things, teaching them how to ride a bike, teaching them how to throw a ball, you know, just teaching them stuff that you need as a little boy that you can't really get from your mother. And I'm not saying that women can't teach their kids how to play sports or teach their kids, their sons, how to ride bikes. They could do that because y'all are superheroes. But let's just look at it from the, the aspect of the masculinity aspect. A woman can, she can raise, she can do her best to raise a son to be a respectable man. And then she can only give her son the gems or the, the impressions of what she believes and feels that a man is. Because it's just her interpretation of what she believes a man is. So she's going to imprint that on her son for the most part. She's going to try her best. He's going to be like ultra respectful in most cases. Not all, but most. And then he's going to have, you know, that, that, that loving aspect of, hey, it's my mom's. But let's, let's be real, people. It's things that a woman may not know how to do and she can't teach. How is your son going to learn these things? What if you don't have the uncle, the grandfather, the cousin that's around in some situations to help your son through them path, that path and the path and the passages? And it's a whole lot of things you go through. Like, I'm sorry I said passages, I'm bugging. But that path, you know, like he's going to hit crossroads that a woman would not understand. It's just going to be something that he got to get bumped upside the head and learn on his own or the streets will teach him. And the streets don't teach you shit. They teach you the wrong things. They teach you about quick stuff. They teach you stuff. It teaches you things that is necessary but really unnecessary because a lot of times when it's taught in the street, it comes from a place of ignorance. So ignorance is very blissful. So it seems like it's good in the beginning. Like you can sell drugs or whatever, you know, hang out, rob people. You get the money, you you fall in love with the adrenaline, the rush, like, damn. I don't have to go clock out at McDonald's. I could go and rob somebody for $5,000 a watch or whatever. You're not looking at the downside to that. The fact that, hey, you can't get caught. Hey, you can get killed. Hey, you got to watch your back. You don't look at that because it's the ignorance of it. It's like, yo, damn, I didn't have to work a whole shift. It took me five minutes to make this lick, get this come up. Shit, I'm going to do it again. So you create like a duality because you show your mother one part of yourself and then you're this total other person. And your mother may not notice that because in her eyes, you're her baby. But the streets do. The streets doesn't. It's like, yeah, you have a baby, but we got your son. And he's going to masquerade. He's going to pretend to be good Kevin or good John or good Ball or Bob or whatever his name is, or Ronnie or Mike. But when you're at work or whatever, he's outside. He's getting the licks. He's getting his money. He's doing whatever he has to do. That makes him feel good because he got this false information from the street. And it's usually from a dude that A, understands manipulation. 
of a of a man of a young boy who doesn't know how to defer he he can't differentiate the good and the bad like the the good reinforcements and the bad reinforcements so it was like he's just stuck and this usually happens when you don't have that male in your life when you don't have the dad the guy that's around telling you don't don't go over there and mess with these guys they're pieces of shit when you don't have that you get caught out there so let's just use me as an example the 10 friends i spoke of the two that had the parents the dad you know the family and they didn't, the parents didn't even have to be with each other i'm talking about a male they father that's present in their lives so let's just say out of the 10 people or 10 friends i knew only two had their dads these two gentlemen had their fathers in their life they were present right they uh, were taught how to ride bikes. They were taught how to tie. They were taught things about sports that, like I said, again, your mother can teach you, but she don't know the integral parts of it. Not like that. Not all the time. You know, so they're teaching you how to talk to women a certain way. You learn this from your dad. Being helpful and handy around the house. You know, taking out the garbage, doing certain handyman things. That your mother might not be privy to. That she may not know how to do. And again I'm not saying that. Women don't have these skills and attributes. But it's not common. So ladies don't take it personal. But this is a fact. Like when I was working. In retail. I used to manage a lot of young men. That couldn't tie ties. That didn't know about cars. That didn't have all this information. That men have. Or men are privy to. Because you learned it from your grandfather. Your grandfather learned it from his father. So it's passed down. You learn about sports mostly in tradition from your dad. You, your father is a Yankee fan. A giant fan or whatever. It's a high possibility you're going to love them teams because of your dad. So you're like, shit, dad is into it. That's my team. Your father going to have you, you know, boys sit down and... Uh, just the best player of all time. Like you got people right now in this world that uh never seen Michael Jordan play a day. But their dads are telling them like, yo, MJ's the GOAT. MJ's the fucking GOAT. It's 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 not even debatable. It's not even debatable. Like my lady, she knows about sports, but she don't know about sports. If my son wanted to know something about basketball, She's going to have to send him to her uncle if I wasn't in the picture. And some of her uncles are not into sports like that. So then if he didn't have me or somebody that was around that was on to sports or rap or whatever, then that's something that he's missing. Then he could get it from the streets. And that's just sports. That's just a small thing. What about life decisions and real shit that you got to go through? Where is he going to get this from if he doesn't have the dad in his life? So that's very important, people. We got to make sure that regardless of what situation we are, men and women, if we got these kids in the world and we don't take care of these young men, we only recreating the cycle. We're not going to break it. Like I said, I'm just using my life and what I've seen as an example. But this happens everywhere. It happens all the time. We got the child support system. That is meant to divide the family. It doesn't improve the family. It divides it. 
Think about this. If I make nothing and you try to take or subtract nothing from nothing, it still equals nothing. But let's just look at the, the flip side of it. I'm killing myself to make $15 an hour. I work at a regular job, Target, Starbucks, whatever. I may make a little more. But we live in a city like New York. It's one of the most expensive places to live in the world. So the little bit of money that I make, and if uh, I have a child with a woman that's, you know, she's just being told that if she wants to go down to get a welfare or get a voucher or whatever or some snaps, that she has to take me for child support. So it's making, it's basically making the black man, the male, the brown man, the minority, the impoverished man, the impoverished man, alienate. It alienates them. It basically says that if you want this little bit of money, this man can't reside here. And if this man can't reside here, where is he going to go? Where can I go living in New York making $17 an hour where rent is like $1,000? And that's just being talking about a room. Where can I go? So now let's just keep it there. I don't want to you know, go too far and be too preachy and go around. But let's just stay on that, right? So we have this baby. You take me for child support. $17 an hour. Let's do the math, people. $17 an hour. Let's just say you get paid every two weeks. How much is that? That's basically $1,400 before taxes. So you say $1,400 before taxes every two weeks. Like, you're just going to say before taxes. So after taxes, we're talking about what? Maybe around $1,000. So now you're going to take this guy that brings home $1,000 roughly every two weeks to court for child support. But child support is going to take about 20 to 30% of that. So now you turn 1000 into what? $600? Because they're going to take that and then they're going to make him pay insurance and he's going to have to provide child care. So he might be stuck with about 500 or $400 after everything. So he needs to get back to work. So that's $130 a month, right? Metro card. He has to get his hair cut. He has to maintain his life. So guess what? He's staying at his mama house. He's living with somebody. He's making enough money just to get by, to get back to work, to be broke again. So you got your, your baby daddy. He's broke. He has no money. What happens when you have no money? You start thinking about things. You start looking at things differently because, hey, you got to eat. You got to feed yourself. You got to feed the kid. You got to feed the family. I don't have a man in my life that's teaching me, hey, you know what? Yeah, that girl look good right there. Yo, she's pretty. She has all this. But bag it up. You don't need no kids, man. Shit, it's worse things out here than having kids. Yeah, your mother could tell you that, but she's telling you from one perspective. Ah, mom, whatever. But if you got a guy that's like, yo, I've been through that, you may respect him because he's coming with the masculine energy. He's coming as a man. He's talking to you. Like, look, you don't feel good a couple of minutes, a couple of seconds, however long you do it. But guess what happens? Kids come out. She poor. You poor. Everybody's in her ear. Make sure she get her piece of the action, which is scraps. 
but she still got a claw. She got to eat. So again, if we're not informing each other and looking out for each other, you just turned this dad, this young promising man into a dad. And it's a high possibility he's going to be a baby daddy because he's going to be stressed. He's going to have everything that he has to deal with in the world as a, a minority, a black man, whatever. And then the cycle just keep on repeating itself, repeating itself. So again, using my life as an example, this is why, this is what happened in eight of the 10 cases of the friends I had growing up. Most of the men were the baby, the, the baby daddy that didn't have a father. So now he's creating a son and he's not gonna be there. A, he's in jail. B, he's undereducated or doesn't have skills to pay the bills. He doesn't have a trade. He's in some type of situation to where he's always coming up short on something. So the first thing he's gonna do, he's gonna get stressed in the house. He gets stressed in the house by the, the woman, the baby mother, the mother, whoever, the woman he, t he calls a nag or whatever. And then he runs away or, you know, he's just into the streets. So them outlets create this situation we have now. The situation has been going on since the 70s, in my book, for black folks. It's hard. So how do you break the cycle? I'm going to just talk about men for a second. This is how we break the cycle. We got to make better choices with these women. Again, you can have women out for fun, and then you can have women that, you know, you take it there with, that you're serious, you build with. But we got to be mature about it. We got to make conscious decisions. You got to stop letting little head make decisions for big head that causes 21 years of anguish, pain, and suffering. Because that can happen. doesn't happen all the time, but it does. And most of the time in the hood, the gunshots happen. The negative. You're getting all that. You get the, the bitter baby mother and then the broken baby daddy. And then you create that kid and it's just this loop cycle. Just keep on going on and on. So if you have a man in your life, ladies, and he's not a good guy, you know, you know what the good guy is and you know the bad guy. You know, you got to make that conscious decision. This this guy that's just for fun, let's just be fun, not make a serious life-altering decision with. Because, again, what's the saying? Mama's baby, daddy's, daddy's maybe. You're right. It's a sad saying, but it's reality. And then you got to think about this. The importance of the man being in a child life, whether it's a boy or a girl, is is very important. Like you, you can't deny that what women with no fathers act like. Again, not all, but the, we we keeping it on a local basis. Some women who who don't have dads never seen what it's like to be a wife, and then the same, the vice versa with men. If you don't know how to treat a woman like a woman. What you're going to do when you get one? You're still going to be in that boy stage. So you're going to make boy mistakes. You're going to make boy decisions. Even though you're a man. A whole man. But you're still going to do things. That's going to have this woman scratching her head like, what the hell? So, basically, why it's important for boys to have dads is because that's number one. Now, I'm going to jump to my number two. 
to piggyback off the number one. It's important to have the dad because the choices, the choices that you make, the choices that you make involving your partner, you got to have the balance. You got to have the yin and the yang. If you don't have that, it kind of puts you in a situation where you're fighting or you're, you're, you're taking what you should be given. You're pushing what you should be pulling. You don't have this. You're not synced. And if you're not synced, synced up with your partner, a lot of things that go left, man. And it could go left very quick. So number two is choices. Choices in the hood. It's crazy. Real crazy. So you, you say, hey, I see this guy. He's cute. He has this. He has whatever the it factor that you like. And then you do your research. And fellas, we got to do research too. Research as well. We just can't leave it up to the opposite sex. We have to look out for ourselves first before we come to the relationship. So using me as an example, say my baby mother, mama was a baby mother. And if I see that and I choose to deal with her, I got to deal with what she was taught by a baby mother. Now let's say if she, her mama was a wife. You know, that's cool. So now I have to deal with what a wife was taught. And it doesn't mean that not saying marriage is perfect because it's not for everybody. But just saying like wife, like the structure, the situation, the mom and dad was in the same household. Or even if they weren't in the same household, they still co-parent. If my um child's mother was the, the product of a co-parent life, she knows how to navigate that. See, if we're getting with people that are aligned a certain way and then we bring the balance with them because we understand that you can get with somebody that knows how to co-parent and then you are the, the, the woman or man that uh, come from the marriage. So you've seen both sides of it. You know what it takes to make a family work. That's what we got to do. That's what happens with the choices. And sometimes with people, we make the wrong choice. But if you come from the structure, you can make mistakes because we are human. But let's be real. Let's be real, real. You can't necessarily shoot yourself in the foot if you're cognitive of what you're doing. You make a mistake. And then you learn, like, wait a minute, I'm not going to make that same mistake again. I got to do something different. And then you're going. That's what people that learn and, you know, they know how to maneuver in life. That's what we do. No one is perfect. We all going to fall short of something a lot of time in our life. But we just have to know how to bounce back. So you turn that loss into a lesson. That's the L. Loss in the lessons. And then you turn it into a W. You make that shit work. But, again, it starts with choices. Because if you make the bad choice or the wrong choice and you repeatedly keep on making the same choices, it's not the people that that are at fault as you because the common denominator is you. You keep on selecting these type of people. I know some people that are attracted to uh, people that need to be helped. They get a kick out of it. Yo, I get a kick out of helping someone that needs to be helped. But what happens with people that need to be helped a lot of times once they hit that threshold or hit that point where they feel they don't need you no more. They're out. And then that person that always wants to help somebody is butthurt because the person that they helped 
got to the point and they're like damn why they left me and i'm like yo because you like saving people why don't you save yourself why don't you flip the script on you and stop blaming them get your stuff your stuff together make better choices and decisions on the people you date make better choices and decisions on the people that you have around you that's that has to be something that you do no one can do it for you yeah no one can do it for you you have to do that for yourself but it's reinforced it's taught to you like you learn from what your predecessors did before you the mistakes that they made and then when you teach you build I'm saying if you're teaching people how to avoid the pitfalls and they still gonna fall excuse me some still gonna fall but you have a higher possibility of succession of success because you're doing the work so if you're taught the good reinforcements you'll do the good work and that comes when it's like embedded in you when someone's showing you hey boy do this move like this this is how we get here this is how we got here. this is why we're here so we're going to avoid this and again people we're not perfect you will fall short on things but you have to be persistent in anything you want and anything you want in life that's worth anything it's going to be a struggle that's why it's called a beautiful struggle life is a beautiful struggle but anyway let's get back to choices so you learn from the choices and you try to avoid the pitfalls of your i mean your coach he's going to build you up your dad that 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 guy in your life that doesn't have to be your biological father but we're just going to say dad to keep on the topic your father he has to be that guy to tell you to teach you to guide you so we need that and men and women have to make better choices to to make that a pillar in our community a pillar in our households because let's just look at the long term effects of that when you have men raising men then you have someone you have a generation of people that are upholding our most prized possession the woman men know how to deal with women some of them are crazy (laughs) some of y'all are crazy as hell but some of us are crazy too so you just got to find somebody to match your crazy all right Let's get to three. Part three. Or segment three. See, so first one, we went to why that is important. Two, we went to choices. Three, we're going to talk about what puts us in the situation of the dad not being there. And it's like structure. You know, like, I think men, the type of creatures we are, we see women And we'd be like, yo, damn, she fine. And we look past all the intangible things that supersede the beauty. Because you have a certain type of women and men that are raised up just knowing that they are cute. Like they feel like they're God's gift to the world, men and women. Like they're so beautiful that they didn't have to like, you know, have other intangible things 
that make that that complement the beauty. So it's like, yo, you get lost in the sauce, and you, that's why we have like sayings like simps. A lot of simps get caught out by the beauty. You know, simps have money, and they like, hey, listen, I got the money, she got the beauty, and that's a match made in heaven. No, it's not because you're just a simple ass, and you're not breaking down that you're just a victor, you're just a number, you're just a John. Yeah, you could be a baby daddy because now you're paying her $150,000, $200,000, a couple million, whatever the circumstances is, depending on the level of the guy, the level of the simp. So uh, you get you get caught out there because you weren't taught how to play the game. And again, this applies to men and women, but we only talk about dads. That game that you get from your dad is is priceless because he gonna he gonna basically show you how you scooped your moms up, and then you're gonna take that and you're gonna try to find somebody that's comparable to what you're about. You know what I mean, your dad's gonna have some type of swag. You're gonna take that, and then you're gonna modernize it because you're gonna be a lot younger than him, and things change. You know how they talk and move and maneuver. But I'm gonna be real. Smooth dude is a smooth dude, regardless of what generation he in. You know, the younger generation, maybe that's old and corny, but he's still going to get his numbers. Because pimps been pimping forever. It ain't going to never stop. And simps been simping forever. That's the way of life. Players going to play and people going to get played. The game don't never stop. It keeps on going. It changes a bit, but it's still a game nonetheless. So depending on what type of player you are in the game, got to know what's levels to it. You don't learn this talk or that type of talk or how to maneuver if you don't have that reinforcement in your life. So that's so important to making a young man understand what it's about and learning that, hey, it's going to be some shit that <laughs> it's going to make you scratch your head. It's going to be some shit that may get you burnt. It's going to be some shit that you know, may get you beat up or whatever or cut or stabbed. or what. That's, That really happens. You go through it. You, you break the eggs to make the omelet. That's how life is, man. And you got that in your life, and you got that man telling you, you're going to be all right. So how do we correct the issue? We correct the issue with understanding one another, with communication, with, you know, just being able to take criticism and give it at the same time. Both parties have to be able to do it, men and women, in a household. You know, if you can, if you can try not to argue in front of the kids too much. I know that's a bit extreme, depending on the size of, of the household you live in, and you know the living space. It's almost impossible in certain situations, but you always got to keep that foundation and that level of respect there, to where the kids see it like yo, mom and dad, they they holding each other down. They a one, and I would make. People see it differently. That'll make your kids say, you know what? I know my parents are not perfect, but they do love each other. They do respect each other. And I want something like that. Or I want something better. But I, at least I have a template now that I can go out and get it. And another question. I, like with the, the deadbeats or the baby daddies, I want to know. I want to ask you guys. I give my spin on it, but I would love some feedback on this. In the comments, uh, why do you think it happens so often? 
Like, why do you think that you have so many single mothers? You have so many uh, people in the system for child support or just, you know, people in the system, regardless of what, whatever circumstances are or were. Like, why does it happen so often? Why you meet a woman and she's like, hey, I got four kids by four different guys. What are we missing here? Or the guy that has eight or nine or seven baby mothers. Like, what are we missing here? Like, what's going on? I believe that men and women, you know, we, we feel, especially women on this one, they feel like they're, they're, they will be the exception. I said that on an earlier show. They will be the exception. Like I spoke about Summer Walker. She felt that she was the exception with London on the track. I spoke about the baby and Danny Lane. This lady felt that she was the exception. She was the exception. But she was just another cog in the machine. So again, men, we fall off the visual. But I think when a man has power and money, like with uh, London and the baby, they don't give a fuck. They probably like, oh, I got 10, 20 M's. I can have these babies with these I consider exotic women or these nice ladies and I could just have about 10 kids because my money going to be good is that long and then when I decide to settle down I find a woman that's willing to accept all my eight baby mamas and we good that's how these men think that's why they do it now with the women I don't know why they do it that shit baffles me like it's crazy but Women are more forgiven of that shit. We spoke about it on another show as well. So, again, women are more forgiven of men with multiple kids because they believe that they're the exception. And men just don't give a fuck sometimes. And they feel like, hey, I can find 10 like-minded women that will allow me to have multiple kids. And then I'll find that one that be like, hey, I'm not accepting this. And then they'll switch the whole game up for her because in their eyes, she's the one. So that's why I think it happens while the cycle still goes on like that. We're not educating. We're not learning. We're just repeating the infinity, the infinite loop, man. Makes no fucking sense, but it has to stop. So let's try to stop that, people. So we got to shoot it down to build it back up. So next, five. Who is at fault for this? Who's at fault for the... The baby mama and the baby daddies, the lack of dads being in the house. We could say systemic reasons are one of the culprits. Because it is, like I was breaking down the money and the impoverishment level or how it is, how much it is to survive in a city like New York and the opportunities, the educational system. We can go there with that. But I was watching something in the uh, it was uh, the interview was talking to Denzel Washington and Denzel said some real shit. He said uh, that the cops don't arrest six year olds. So a lot of time, a lot of times the shit starts from the home. It's in home. A lot of times it happens in the home. It's, it happens when. The mothers are alone and they're raising their boys. And, you know, 
they're just overwhelmed. They're doing their best. You know, they're doing all they could to try to make their kids be honest and be right. The dads come from broken situations where they're just repeating the cycle. So everyone's at fault. But we as people got to take accountability and responsibility for our shit. We got to stand up and say, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to deal with this type of guy. I'm not going to be this type of woman. I will find me somebody that matches my gangster. We do that. We'll fix a lot of this shit. Then we can worry about the systemic things, the things that are out of, that are out of our control per se. Because again, we got to fix our shit first before we go out to this world and try to shake it up like it needs to be. That's the difference between when I was growing up and I see now. I see more of like the activism and people screaming about social stuff. And that's, that's, that's a, it deserves a round of applause. You got all these movements, you got everything that's saying, hey, we want change to come and, you know, we, we got to buck the system or whatever. But before we buck the system, we need to get our shit together. We got to get our home back together. We got to get our structure on. We got to learn. We got to build. We got to invest time in the family. We got to invest time in building each other up. Like now I said, fixing each other crowns, man. We got to get back at We got to get to that. We got to create leaders, create great thinkers. We got to invest in ourselves. That's how you fix the issue. So until we fix ourselves, we can't never expect the systemic shit to end. I, I watched a young lady get killed next to my job the other day by, uh, at a, in a Burger King. It was in the news. Very sad and tragic shit. But the guy, the, the girl was scared. She was 19 years old. She was trying to be honest and make a living. And this guy killed her during a robbery. And I looked at the video. She gave the man the money. So... He came in there with intent to kill this lady, this young lady. And all she was doing was trying to make some extra money, keep in her pocket to help support her family. So 19 years old, shorty gets her life taken for being honest. This is the shit that happens in the hood. And no one's seen nothing. No one knows anything. And this, this is where I work at. This is one of the worst areas in New York. It's East Harlem. It's fucking horrible out there. It's like the walking dead. And you see shit every time. And, and it, it just it sickens me that you got people that's trying to help the community and we just pulling each other down. We got to fix that shit, man. That's, that's what pisses me off. Like, it ain't even about preaching or nothing. This shit, it's sickening. Like, we have to do better. We can't expect, per se, the man and the system to respect us if we don't respect ourselves. We don't respect each other. We don't value ourselves. And no, I'm not saying that's all of us, but in the whole. Like, again, back in the days, if I got on a line, somebody in the building seen me, they'd be like, yo, Shoki, I'm going to tell Miss Betty on you. I was fucking shook. I'm going to tell Mr. Jimmy on you. Oh, they'll fuck me up. And then when I got home, I got fucked up. That's the village. Nowadays, you see a kid getting out of line, you say something to him or her, 
the parents jumping on you. You're like, yo, get that badass fucking kid. Now, when he get killed, hey, baby ain't never hurt nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, easy. E said in the song, all in the same gang. My little baby ain't never hurt nobody, but he still got smoked at baby's party. He's not the first nor the last. Just another short story from the past. He's dead now. Not a one, but a zero. That shit was so real. All in the same gang is one of the most gangsters hip hop songs ever created. Check that shit out, people. All in the same gang. West Coast All-Stars. Shit was dope. Easy had the hardest verse. Well, Cube had the hardest verse because he wrote it for Easy. But anyway, let's get back to this subject. We all got we got we gotta we gotta fix it. We gotta come together. Cause the long term effects is is just the extinction of the black household, the brown household. You know, who benefits from that? You know, we creating children that's gonna be stuck on the system and that's all they're gonna know. We don't own anything. We don't own our communities we live in. So it's a lot of things that could affect us in the long term. And like I said, these these white corporations, these entities, the man, America, America plays the long game. We playing the short game, man. We gotta start playing chess. We've been playing checkers. Always talking about the Matrix and shit. One of the most popular the one of the greatest, most popular movies in the hood. One of the most popular movies ever. We always talk about it, but a lot of people just watch the shit and don't get what they're saying. Wake the fuck up, man. You could be your own Neo. You can, but if you don't understand that and see the game and how it's being played and how you are a pawn in it, you fucked up. But again, they, they brainwash us with stimulus. They brainwash us with uh, elections. They brainwash us with all types of shit. So we we only looking at what we can see and not thinking about what's ahead of us, people. So again, we need dads in the home. Dads, we got to be there. Even if you can't stand the moms, the baby moms, the mother-in-law, whatever the situation is, you have to be there to raise your kids. You have to show your women how to be uh, treated. You have to show your men, your young men, how to be men. You got to keep the balance. If you don't do that, we're lost, man. Generations will be lost. The revolution won't be televised because the shit won't even get to start. And we got some we got some good people out in this world. We got some good young some good young fighters, some good young educated people, some good brothers, some good sisters. I'm not naming names. We know who they are, the people that we believe in. Again, stop worrying about what's going outside your house. Fix what's in your house and then collectively we can fix what's outside. All right, people, that's my time. Next week.